outarm our airmen to outthink, outperform, outpartner, outinnovate any potential adversary. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. The first command, the Air Force starts here. to the Air Force Starts here, and thanks for the subscribe, stream, or download, however you might be listening in today. If you get a chance to throw us some stars or even a review, we certainly would appreciate that as well. My name is Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Team and your host for this professional development podcast dedicated to the recruiting, training, and education world. And today's episode is all about modernization in the context of advancing force development and transforming the way we learn, two of the four priority areas here in Air Education and Training Command. And on the pod, we sat down virtually with Ms. Lindsay Fredman and Chief Master Sergeant Jennifer Bai from the Air Force Career Development Academy. They're located out at Keesler Air Force Base, as well as Mass Sergeant Nikita Gunter, Mass Sergeant Stephen Gray, and Mass Sergeant Dylan Peterson, CDC riders in their respective career fields, about an ongoing renewed effort to work with both career field managers and CDC riders to reimagine the service's CDC design and delivery model to airmen in order to bring it into the 21st century learning environment. And this is an effort really that ties into General Brown's CSAF Action Order A, which is Airmen, uh, and really about advancing force development to develop the Airmen that we need for the future fight. And so Ms. Fredman and Chief Bai will talk about the strategic vision about what AFCEDA does, the tangible benefits to Airmen from this approach to modernization for the CDC courses that centers on rapid curriculum development and agile curriculum updates with an emphasis on tasks that are are mission focused. So a lot of great strategic viewpoints. Uh, This project has Chief Mass Sergeant Bass's uh, stamp of approval as well. And then Mass Sergeant Gunner, uh, Mass Sergeant Gray and Mass Sergeant Peterson will talk about the modernization process, how it's going for their respective career fields, and then the benefits that the airmen will gain by having uh, the use of interactive student-centric instruction uh, with focus on performance-based assessments and realistic scenarios. And if you remember, and most of you, I guarantee do, the legacy CDCs that use the textbook-style delivery where you read about 100 or 600 pages and you just take a multiple-choice test, this is going to look completely different. Let's get to it. Episode 54 of the Air Force Starts Here kicks off right now. Well, I am Lindsay Fredman, the director of the Air Force Career Development Academy down here under 2nd Air Force at Keesler. I actually came to join the Air Force uh, as a civilian about seven months ago in December. And prior to that, I worked for Customs and Border Protection as the Learning Technologies Program Manager, working primarily on online training. And prior to that, I am very proud to say that I came out of the Army's Instructional Assistance Specialist Intern Program, where I worked um, both for the Infantry School as well as for the Maneuver Center of Excellence um, P- Non-Commissioned Officer School. So that's a little bit about my background. And, and Chief Bai, 
you you have a great job there at Second Air Force working uh, with Miss Fredman and team. Tell us uh, a little bit about you. All right. Well, I am the superintendent of the academy, and I um I because of our recent transition from Air University, I've actually the the old timer of the organization. I've been. Um, with AFCETA since September of 2016, um, and I have, um, when we were part of the organization that was at Maxwell Gunter under Air University, um, prior to that, I was um, a senior NCO academy instructor for a short while, um, and I've been in the Air Force for quite a bit of time, <laughs> so I, I have personnelist by trade, have, to, have done time. Um, as a first sergeant as well. Um, so um, the enlisted force with all of those things, the entire enlisted force is, is important to me. And so being part of a mission that's, that's here to train um, enlisted personnel um, and make their, their job progression better is, is exciting. And, and I'm thrilled with, with what AFCETA is doing now to make that better for our airmen. And absolutely delighted to be joined today by some actual CDC writers. You, when you're taking your CDCs, you're always wondering who is it that's actually writing all of this content, and and that's an actual uh, thing that our enlisted airmen get to do. And so, uh, Mass Sergeant Gunner, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm Master Sergeant Rakina Gunter. I am the Aeromedical Service Technician. Um, a foreigner CDC writer down in Fort Sam Houston. I've been in, in this position since October of 2018. And um, this is my first time dealing with the course in from this aspect. And I'm very excited about FCTA's transition with their new uh, development process and moving forward with a more innovative and interactive course for our airmen. And we get a, a two-for-one special in vehicle maintenance today. Let's start with you, Master Sergeant Gray. Tell us a little bit about your Air Force path. Hi, I'm Master Sergeant Stephan Gray, and I am one of three of the vehicle management CDC riders. And I have been in the Air Force uh, coming up on 17 years now. I joined the CDC rider team in August of 2018. So this is uh, my first go at really starting to develop CDCs, but I uh, sat in with uh, Master Sergeant Dylan Peterson, who will introduce himself here in a second, but uh, he was, uh, he'd been around for a few years prior to that. So he developed the old school CDCs and uh, it was really nice to be able to, to see the tail end of that. But I'm also like Sergeant Gunter, uh, very excited to see the new process and be able to innovate new concepts and interactive training to our uh, vehicle management folks. We typically learn by uh, touching and, and doing things. So this will be, I think, great training for our folks in vehicle management. And Sergeant Peterson, I, I think what Sergeant Gray was saying is you're the old timer here. That's correct, sir. I've, uh, I've been doing the CDC game since uh, November of 2016. Uh, so I've been through a, a full production cycle for our for our vehicle management CDCs, um, and I'm, you know, as everybody else has said, I'll echo it. I'm really excited to to take this to the next level. Um, I, I got into this job because I, I'm very passionate about our career field, and uh, in in my 17 years, uh, I've seen plenty of shortcomings um, with the way that we've been training our airmen in the past, and I think this is a great first step to. Uh, get that foundational training done so that the trainers can take them out on the shop floor and, and take them to the next level. So I'm very excited about all this. 
So Ms. Fredman, Chief, I kind of wanted to start with you. For, for those that may not know or ever heard of it, what is the Air Force Career Development Academy? So today we are, we are the Air Force, Air Force Career Development Academy and we um, develop and deliver career development courses in support of upgrade training and, and the weighted airman promotion system. And those who are not familiar with, with us being called the Air Force Career Development Academy or AFSEDA as we go by, um, may know us by one of our previous names. We've been through a few. We actually date back to, we were, we were part of training um, before the Air Force became a service when we were still under the Army uh, Air Corps. And then we were initially established at Gunter um, as the Extension Course Institute. So ECI, a lot of people remember our ECI days. I know when I did my, my CDCs as a young airman, it was still ECI. So that was what was printed on them, the Extension Course Institute. Um, then we became AFIATL, the Air Force Institute for Advanced Distributed Learning. So that was um, for, for a number of years, that was what we were called. And then, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm forgetting whether it was 2008 or 2012. I'm pretty sure it was, no, 2008, I think we went under Air University as the Air, uh, under A4 there at, at Maxwell Gunter. Um, and then um, became the Air Force Career Development Academy, a named organization under the Thomas M. Barnes Center for Enlisted, Air, uh, for Enlisted Education at Air University. Um, that was the, the event that occurred in 2012, if I, if I remember that correctly. But so over time, our mission was all, all training, job-related training. We had um, enlisted uh, PME that was done by, by correspondence courses, a variety of specialized courses. But over the years, through our, through our name changes and, and um, uh, just restructures in the Air Force in a variety of ways to the, the Air Force training program, um, professional military education was taken out of our scope um, and put you know, under the Barnes Center in a different directorate. And we focused, turned our focus more to just job related training for upgrade training for our enlisted personnel. So, so right now that is the majority, that is our courses are those career development courses, but we've been around a long time. It's just our name now is probably the newest that we've had in a while. And then in, in um, 2019 is when it was approved to realign under second air force here at Keesler air force base um, and then I physically moved July of last year. Um, goodness, it's been a, a whirlwind the last few years just going through that transition. But I've been here a year and our first staff um, started coming on board. We had one in September and then the rest followed in November as far as the first big wave. Um, and then we've been growing. But yep, that is what we do. And so... How does AFSEDA's mission tie into General Webb's priorities of not only advancing force development, but from a modernization perspective, perhaps transforming the way airmen learn? What's really your charter? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as Chief Bai just mentioned, there's a long legacy for career development courses. And uh, one thing I always like to share is that a few months ago, I was at the World War II Museum with my husband and we had a great display on how uh, the Army in particular mobilized and, and trained people off the street to get them mobilized to go and fight in World War II. And it's a great display. If you've, if you've never been there, you should go. And as I was looking around, I, I looked at a bunch of training documents that they use, these manuals that they use to train the force. And I took a picture of it with my phone, texted it to Chief Bai and said, holy cow, our CDCs are in the World War II Museum. <laughs> and it is, you just heard the long legacy. 
we came out of that correspondence um, program. I was surprised to hear that it was still called a, called a correspondence program to a degree when I joined the Air Force, um, because it's, we've kind of gone away from that for so long. So in support of AETC's priority to transform the way we learn, we're transforming the way that we design and develop our curriculum. We will no longer be providing just a PDF or a textbook to read and calling that training. What we are wanting to do and what we are doing is creating interactive, immersive, student-centric content and, and training online where we, students can access at any time, anywhere, in any sort of environment and really complete the knowledge portion of their upgrade training. We're also looking at, we are developing courses that don't just focus on knowledge. And as I'm sure Master Sergeant Gunter and, and Sergeant Peterson and Gray will probably talk about, um, what, we're, what we are doing is not just focusing on the basic rote memorization and what you need to do to complete a multiple choice test. We're giving them actual scenarios. We're giving them the ability to practice in a virtual environment, some of the skills and the actual tasks that they need to do on the job. And so that is a huge shift in the way that CDCs have been designed and developed previously. That by inserting technology that you can use on the AFNET, um, we were able to get at some things that historically we just weren't able to get to before. And so that really is gonna help us and is helping us transform the way that we develop, focusing on the tasks, focusing on the mission. And with this new approach, we're gonna get a lot better results. And Chief, one thing that uh, really struck out at me from the briefing that uh, was given to General Webb a, a few weeks back was the idea that this whole idea really came about because you guys recognized, and maybe it was a team effort to recognize it, but the current product just wasn't meeting the needs of career field managers or airmen uh, or, or the force development process in general. Yes, I think, I mean, we've all seen over over the last however many years, you know, technologies being leveraged in a lot of ways, but we had we had some some struggles or some challenges um, that um, whether it was different software we were trying to get, you know, not being authorized on the, on the AFNET or whether it was challenges with WAPS testing or because we do have, you know, students doing training in deployed locations where they may not be able to access material or take a test in a, in a test control facility. Um, there are just so many, um, so many constraints and, and, um, and with the processes and the systems, we have some, some antiquated systems that are actually, they're, they're ending um, their life cycle um, very soon in October. Um, so it was, we've known we needed to modernize um, and, but every time that we tried, there was another challenge. And I think we just, um, because of the amount of workload that we had, we, we kept on doing what we could do. And that was um, using, you know, the Word, um, Word documents and, and exporting them to, to a PDF. Um, uh, so yeah, we I recognized the need, but we just didn't know how to get after it. And so, so really move into second Air Force, um, move into key service, because really, since we've no longer had that PME arm, I'm not sure that really we it made sense to keep us under Air University. Um, and so putting us under Second Air Force, where we're under the same command as the training squadrons that that have the CDC writers that are that are providing that subject matter expertise that we need, I think that helps us out a lot. And because we we align better in the training mission, um, it, it opened up some resources for us that I don't think um, we we would have been able to we had not been successful in, in getting before. And so, and I think it's kind of a, I don't know, just 
the stars aligned in a variety of ways um, that, to be able, you know, that the move happened and we were able to to coincide when you're getting a whole new staff, what better time to just, and, and new systems, right? That was for, kind of, there was no way around that. Those systems were sunsetting. So to be able to come up with new processes, there's no reason to keep doing it the old way. We still got some challenges, but but now's the time to modernize. So, yeah, Chief and I talk about this quite a bit. That it's very rare in government in general that you get a chance to take any program and start from scratch. But to take a legacy program and really get the opportunity to modernize it, transform it, and make it make it something that our force not only today but of the future needs um, is really exciting and it's very humbling. I think for all of us working. Um, in FCDA, we're really excited to show everyone where we're headed. Uh, but definitely, if, if we hadn't had that kick to um, get off some systems and, and make it work, um, there's no telling how long it could have continued. But thankfully, with under Chief Bai's eye, we were able to, uh, to make that move and heading towards great success. So, Sergeant Peterson, I, I kind of wanted to ask you, having been in the CDC game for as long as you have, uh, your words, um, what did you see about the old method and what was your vision uh, before this project came along? Was this something that was kind of thought about but just never acted upon? Or, uh, you know, what, what's your take on that? Um, so it's actually very interesting that you ask that. So um, maybe, maybe a year before we really started hearing about this, this AFCETA reorganization and all the new options that we're going to come out with, um, our career field manager for vehicle management actually charged Sergeant Gray and I to, to come up with a way to make this happen. Um, and he told us if that meant we needed to leave AFCETA and go another route, that that's what we needed to do because he really wanted to see this. Um, so when we started hearing about uh, AFCETA, you know, doing this reorganization and, and we started hearing the rumors that a learning management system was going to be a possibility, um, I think we both got a little bit excited because that made our lives a whole lot easier. Um, that, that AFCETA was going to be able to accommodate that direction that our CFM wanted to go. Um, but as far as, as looking at it now and, and considering what I know about the previous CDCs, uh, it was, to me, it was very evident that AFCETA's old processes, even though we were now using Word and converting them into PDFs, um, they, they had been modified versions of the days when we used to mail back and forth. And we actually still have a cabinet in our office um, that we need to clean out, but it, it's filled with mailing supplies, you know, because uh, at one point you'd, you'd write your manuscript and you would send it through the U.S. Postal Service over to um, AFCETA or ECI or whatever their, whatever their name was at that time, and they would mark it up and then they would send it back to you. Um, so as, I mean, as we embraced email, of course, that got a little bit easier, uh, but it was, it really felt like everything was based on an antiquated process. And because of that, uh, the production timelines were really long. Um, something about vehicle management in particular is we have a lot of CDCs. Um, we actually have uh, six sets of CDCs that we produce, uh, and that equates out to 14 volumes. So that covers all of our five-level CDCs for uh, a couple shred outs that we have and our, our core career fields, and then it's also the seven-level CDCs. So you can imagine that going through uh, uh, a hand-typed production cycle and, and sending all of those volumes back and forth is a very long process for us. Um, so I'm really looking forward to having a new process that, that's streamlined and, uh, and ready to accept updates in a much quicker fashion. Um, 
So that's, I mean, as, as the old guy around here, that's my take on it for sure. And Sergeant Gray, you know, as you embarked on this process, you and Sergeant Peterson, um, you know, how helpful has it been to have an organization like AFCETA there to kind of uh, help guide you along that path? Uh, it's been great. As Sergeant Peterson said, our CFM tasked us and um, Sergeant Peterson was actually finishing up the CDCs that we currently have in the field at the time. So he was pretty busy at wrapping those things up and kind of going through that old process still back and forth with the ISSs at AFCETA. And uh, I was new, so I took on the responsibility of trying to find out how we could incorporate our CDCs into uh, a modern way of teaching, uh, a way that is kind of the way that the industry uh, outside the Air Force teaches. So I looked into Blackboard and I looked into Canvas and a bunch of other uh, ways of designing that stuff, but I had no training in it. So I got a hold of, I think it was uh, Miss Garcia, who now works at AFCETA. At the time, she was working uh, under someone else, but she was doing uh, training classes for Blackboard and how to design tests and how to uh, create Blackboard courses, which helped a lot. But uh, learning that stuff online on a computer and then trying to incorporate it myself was extremely difficult. So I was really struggling and, and I was really uh, kind of sweating creating our CDCs, uh, the mass amount of material that we have and putting that into an online course uh, in the timeline that, that our career field manager wanted it. So when, uh, like Sergeant Peterson said, we heard about AFCETA going this direction, I was more than happy to uh, basically put that portion that I was working on on pause and, and wait on AFCETA to tell me what they were going to come up with. Um, so we were eager to hear it. And I think we, we bugged Chief By quite a bit when it was just her, uh, more so because our old CDCs had just hit the hit the market. So we had a lot of things that needed to be uh, fixed with those. And she was the only one at AFCETA at the time. So we were bugging her with multiple things. I'm sure she, she probably got tired of us, but um, it was nice to know that uh, we were going to have someone share that burden of developing this with us. And I, I don't want to make it sound like it's a burden because it, it's going to be great when it's all online. But right now, everybody's learning how to do this. Um, we're, we've taken some stuff with FCDIS and training to really make these things great. And uh, working with our ISS right now, uh, we're, we're learning as he's learning. I think he's learning at a, a lot faster rate than we are. But uh, it, it's awesome that I'm no longer, I guess, the the brunt of this. We can put it on AFCETA and, and let them tell us what to do. It's it's kind of nice. And Sergeant Gunner, for, for your career field specifically, what did you identify with your career field manager as really the need for your AFSC? Um, for my career field, we actually um, kind of jumped ahead. And last year, I did have the ability to start a course in Blackboard. So we were able to get a course running, however, not on the level where we are with AFSCETA in their new process. Um, but we were already in Blackboard. I had a beta course going with um, a certain number of airmen. Um, Basically, the plan that AFCETA has was my same mindset as well as my CFM during the time. And so, again, we kind of fast forwarded through Blackboard. And then once we had that course up and running, I later found out that the contract was ending. So I was heartbroken, 
with all the work that was put into that because it was not easy. Luckily here at Fort Sam Houston, um, I have a Blackboard administrator. So he was able to help me get everything up and running and get like the basic shell going. And so that process was great. But again, once FCDA came down with their new plan and what their vision was, which I feel like we were on the same page, we decided not to divorce FCDA because that's where we were going because of the timeline of how long it was taking to get our CDCs uh, published for the airmen to start using them. I had recommended to my CFM, you know, Blackboard is going away. This is FCDA's vision, same path as ours. I think we should stay married to them is, are the words that I was, I was using um, because they have the support. And so with Blackboard and trying to get the videos up and running, uh, my vision was to make it similar to our Air Force information training uh, with the live videos, the progress checks, um, scenarios where you had to move the mouse and select different objects or items to move forward it was all in my plan. But of course, I don't have the support system that FCTA has. So I wanted to stay married with them and see where they were taking their process. And I feel like where we're going is great. Although I did not have the TAWs in my plan um, for, our, for our program, but I feel like staying with them and seeing where this goes, they have a support system. We're not alone in getting this process done is a better choice than kind of moving off and trying to do our own thing at this point. So Ms. Fredman, Chief Fry, you, I've, I've heard a lot about how great the interaction is and the helpfulness of being affiliated with AFCETA. And it kind of ties to, you know, different career fields, just trying to figure it out. You guys are really like a unifying force here. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the actual process, this four steps uh, really to, to CDC modernization. Sure. So, so first I just want to say, you know, it's a good thing that one of our, the first CDCs that we're modernizing is the um, Religious Affairs Journeyman course, because we get to interact with a lot of chaplains who have helped us with our, you know, marital counseling. <laughs> Um, that has helped us be very supportive uh, with, with Sergeant Gunter and others. Um, yeah, so our process is a little bit different. I think everyone in training is familiar with the ADDI model, which is anal you analyze um, what needs to be taught, you design it, then you actually start developing it, you implement it, and then you evaluate it. And for a lot of developers, um, both inside the Air Force and outside, it's a very linear process. You have to complete one before the next. Well, as you've heard, and I think Sergeant Peterson said it really brilliantly, um, it when he was speaking, you could see how long it would take just to draft something and send it back and wait for a review. And then it would come back and you'd have to make edits, send it back, all of that. So when we're doing analysis, um, if we were to take a career field education and training plan and look at the number of specialized tasks they need us to train, for some of our career fields, there's 200 or plus. Uh, 200 plus of um, tasks that need to be trained in their CDCs. So if we were to just focus on analysis at first, that is 200 and something tasks that we have to have the CDC writers explain to us because we are not subject matter experts. That's what the CDC writer's role is. Um, in a lot of ways, we've changed the CDC writer role because they're no longer writing manuscripts. What we're really asking them to do is break down each task and really tell us what does this task look like in the field and how would you know that your airman has actually mastered it? So that is the crux of everything. It all starts right there. So if we were to wait for our CDC writers to go through the diligent work of writing out all the task analysis worksheets and filling them all out, 
um, we could it could be six months before we move on to the next phase. So instead, we're using this agile method. So, for example, if Sergeant Gunter has finished a block of task analysis worksheets for, say, the first module that we agreed to beforehand, this is kind of what your course is going to look like. We're going to take these tasks and group them. As she finishes those, then the instructional designers look at those tasks, write learning objectives, and immediately jump into making the design guide, making the plan for how that lesson is going to be laid out. Um, and once we have the plan, then they jump right into our system that we use primarily right now, Adobe Captivate, and they start building it. So that lets Sergeant Gunter continue to move on to the next block of tasks. And by the time she's done with that, we probably have her first module done. And she can go look at that in my learning in the sandbox and verify the content's correct, the images make sense, our assessment items are correct, we don't have weird, uh, distractible, you know, distractors on our tests that are just too obvious. Um, so it allows us to move much more quickly. Modernizing a course, particularly the CDCs, because they do have so many tasks associated, um, it can take six to 12 months, depending on how those how many tasks there are, to modernize the course initially. But the beauty of the way that we're doing this and the documentation that we are doing um, is that once it is modernized, the next time it needs to be updated, we have all the documentation, we have all of the tasks, we have most of the content already built. So all we have to do then is pull up the obsolete tasks and insert the new ones. That shortens our cycle from you know, two to three years in the old FC to way to a matter of a couple weeks to a couple months, depending on how many tasks have changed. And that's a huge, huge time saving. And it is an amazing opportunity for us to get the updates out to the field when they need them, especially when you consider there's life and safety issues sometimes that we have to address quickly. Two to three years, we can't do that anymore. We cannot wait for that. We have to get this out fast. So once we have designed it and, and our CDC writers have approved, yep, this stuff is good, the course is good, then we will pilot it, do the test, test group of students, um, do some quick analysis on that, make sure that we're good, and then it'll go live to the field. And that in and of itself is kind of the agile e-learning methodology that we're using to design and develop our courseware. So I'll turn back to the CDC riders, and I wanted to start with Sergeant Gunner. How important is it uh, in your mind, uh, having been in your career field for as long as you have and now uh, in the CDC process, to have this ability to put in things like interactive content and scenario-based um, assessment, things of that nature? Um, I feel that it's very important. Um, you know, the old CDCs is black and white, so it's mainly for the people who like to read. Uh, we have different learning styles, and so with the ability to still read, if that's what they like to do, um, we have people who like to play video games. They need to see, move a mouse around to connect, you know, one item to the next. So having the different abilities to read, play, right, and then check their progress, I feel like is a way to connect all of our new millennials and airmen coming into the military to make sure that they are retaining the information that they need and not just trying to memorize everything. So they're learning it. They know they're going to use it in the field. Um, and it's interactive to keep them, you know, awake, wanting to read more, hopefully, um, in order to finish on time and make sure they retain it. Uh, Sergeant Gray, Sergeant Peterson. I would think, especially in a career field, and a lot of uh, obviously Air Force specialty codes are technical, but you know, I imagine vehicle maintenance, there's a lot of the 
you know, putting your hands on physical pieces and seeing how they kind of go together um, so you can understand the, the inner workings of things. How important is it to have these 3D modeling capability and these kinds of things in your design? I think it's extremely important. Um, when the Air Force downsized and our taskings for deployments increased, it left uh, the, the trainers with very little amount of time to actual train airmen. There, there were fixing vehicles. Uh, we cut our budget so we have older vehicles in our fleet than what we probably used to have. So they're always broken or they always need repairs. So uh, it is nice to be able to have interactive 3D models and uh, it will be great because if there's a trainer that's not available, but that airman, if they were to read something and then wonder how that actually works and they couldn't watch a video or couldn't see even just a 2D uh, picture of something very clearly because in the old CDCs, I think the pixels were you know, a quarter pixel. I don't even know if they were full pixels at the time for the images, but it will be extremely nice because that airman will be able to see all that versus reading it and then going into the shop and asking their trainer to show them because they don't quite understand it. Um, in the automotive world, things are, are constantly changing and Sergeant Peterson can talk on this a, a lot more than I can because he just got back from a training class for it. But the POTUS's uh, mission or, or vision right now is to have a lot of um, hybrid or fully electric vehicles in our government fleet. So it's um, one concept that very little of our technicians know a lot about and we'll be able to quickly and, and uh, very agilely put these into our training and have videos on them. Um, so it, that's very great too. And Sergeant Pleasanton, it sounds like, that, I mean, not only is this useful for upgrade training, but even if you just need some refresher training on a particular task after you already have your skill level, this may not be a bad thing to go back and reference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it'll be a great way um, for for even the experienced folks to get in there, and if nothing else, to see what their airmen are learning that they're about to train, and, and to understand the terminology that their airmen are going to be familiar with. Because you know, the vehicle maintenance world, um, on the civilian side or on the military side, there's a lot of terminal terminology that's a little bit fluid, uh, right? So you know, one company will use use a specific name for a part, another company calls it something else, but it has the same function. Um, so if an airman comes out of the comes out of the office after doing their CDC training and they're calling they're calling this widget a what's it, uh, and their trainer, you know, calls that that widget a what's that, um, then there can be some confusion there, right? Um, so the ability for the trainers to come back and refresh themselves on this material, and, and recognize the terminology that their airmen are gonna be familiar with is, to me, that's really gonna help the training go to the next level for those airmen. Um, and then as Sergeant Gray was talking about with the hybrid and electric vehicles, you're absolutely right. Most of the folks in our shops uh, have very little experience with those, if any. Uh, historically, a lot of those, those vehicles that we've had in our fleet have been, have been GSA vehicles that we as vehicle maintenance don't, don't really do anything with. And there's only been a handful that are that our vehicles were responsible for maintaining. Um, you know, if the if as the vision moves along uh, to electrify more of the government vehicles, um, then certainly we're going to need that training because uh, on a typical automotive vehicle, you're looking at 12 to 24 volts 
uh, on the electrical system and on these hybrid vehicles, you're looking at between 300 and 1,000 volts. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty significant difference. And so it's going to be really important for us to get that type of training out to the airmen quickly and in a consistent way so that we can make sure uh, that they're learning the appropriate safety standards across the Air Force rather than a piecemeal format um, that each shop has been forced to come up with on their own based on their own experiences. And Ms. Fredman, I really wanted to hit on a point that um, we had talked about when, when we first met on, on the phone, and it was how you were actually going to focus as well on taking out maybe some things that airmen don't need, taking out that extra content, and then maybe proposing um, you know, more of an OJT uh, afterwards uh, for some of that content. How is that process going? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So actually, Master Sergeant Gunter's course, um, I believe, so her instructional designer, mm -hmm. Mr. Frank Rosencrantz, he actually um, took what I believe was 40 pages in the CDC. And of course, we used uh, that kind of as a reference point. And uh, Master Sergeant Gunter provided us excellent task analysis worksheets. And as he developed that lesson, those 40 pages from the old CDC turned into about 20 different screens in the new lesson. And that is what we call cutting the fluff. And that is how much excess information that was nice to know, but didn't focus on the task. It wasn't task critical. And, and what we know is that when you were in a classroom setting, it's very nice for the instructor to have the ability to add on some nice to know um, information. And it kind of becomes very organic. Um, but students know right off the bat that it's Kind of it, it may apply to some but not to all and maybe this is testable maybe this this isn't right where should i focus uh, in the online environment we need to cut some fluff because students time is limited attention spans are limited so we are looking and we are asking our cdc writers and all of whom have, have come through brilliantly to really look at it and what are the no kidding get back to basics here what is the information that this student absolutely must have? And then at the end, when as we develop our CDCs, towards the end, we're, we were looking at, after the courses have been built and we have the modules lined up and these are the tasks that are taught in each of these modules, we're creating recommended OJT pl training plans, on-the-job training plans, um, where as a student finishes module one, these are the tasks that they just learned, so here are the on-the-job tasks that we recommend they immediately go and apply that information in the field. And that is something that has been very missed, is <laughs> not a bridge that has been built um, historically with CDCs. And in fact, and Chief Bai could certainly talk to that more, um, but we know historically that there are some, um, some organizations, some groups that before, once an airman arrives, they say, do your CDC, don't touch anything <laughs> until you finish it, because that content is so obsolete that if we train you on the, the correct way, the current way to do this, then you'll probably fail your test. And that's really unacceptable. And so what we're doing is we're building that bridge. We're making it relevant, timely, current, and accurate, and bridging that with that OJT task to really cement that knowledge, cement that learning, and support the continuum of learning um, that our airmen deserve. It's just really so great to really learn how the CDCs are becoming even more mission focused and, and obviously competency based and, and truly airman centric, which is the framework for force development 
uh, in the Air Force. But as we get close to wrapping up here, uh, I kind of wanted to turn back to uh, the CDC writers and just kind of make a point that Ms. Fredman had made uh, in the article that, that we'll publish with the podcast. But you know, not every career field is working with AFCEDA uh, currently. But uh, Sergeant Gray, I'll start with you. If you could give AFCEDA a 20-second commercial on why a career field should, should call AFCEDA tomorrow to start working on their CDCs, what would you say? I would say that they are agile. They are very accommodating to work with kind of openly however you want to work with uh, d design wise so if you're looking at designing something very interactive then they're going to work with you that way but if you want to design something that's very uh, reader friendly and just have something that's online and easily accessible with a mobile device or a laptop then they can design that as well so uh, they, they're extremely agile and they take the burden off of the, the CDC writer of developing this stuff and basically turning us into SMEs where we're the expert and they're the ones taking on the burden of designing everything and really putting it all together to make something happen. Anything to add, Sergeant Peterson? Yeah, I'll just I'll just say, you know, is, is the, the old CDC writer around here who was ready to divorce AFCEDA? Uh, I'm glad that we went to the marriage counseling and decided to stick with them because they're, they're absolutely taking us in the direction we want to go. Um, and uh, so, you know, I understand there are some career fields that, that maybe divorced AFCEDA in the past and have some hesitancy to come back. Um, but I'll tell you that working with them has been great. Um, it's, a, it's a very good relationship that we have, especially with our ISS and of course with Ms. Redman and and chief by, um, and they, they really listened to our concerns and where we want to go. And they've even provided some suggestions for us uh, that we hadn't really considered. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the direction FCDA is going in. And I'm actually kind of sad that I'll be leaving this position soon uh, because I, you know, I would have really liked to see this all the way through to the end. Um, but I'm sure that the CDC writers that come in after, after me are, are going to take us to the next level. So I'm excited to see the product when it hits the streets and I'm back out in the field. Sergeant Gunner? I mean, I don't have much else to add um, to what Sergeant Gray and Sergeant Peterson has already said outside of, you know, they are very flexible and open-minded. So I am happy that we stayed, you know, married as well um, because I feel like they have a good plan ahead um, and, you know, we're on a timeline of getting that done. I believe I will be able to see this all the way through. I really hope I do. Um, I'm just excited, like I said earlier, about where it's going. But if a other AFSCs have divorced, um, they're trying to do it on their own, I would say you might want to find a way to get back into connection with AFCEDA. And so, Ms. Fredman, uh, Chief, obviously you have to be very excited about where your organization is heading. Uh, but more importantly, at the end of the day, uh, what you're doing for force development uh, in the Air Force. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And it's funny, you know, so Sergeant Peterson, or actually maybe it was Sergeant Gray who mentioned, you know, we we're probably bugging Chief by so much, you know, when it, when it was pretty much down to a one man uh, operation during the transition, you know, um, but I know like the, when we first got our, our staff and we were ready to start developing procedures and processes, and um, I, I had kept track of, you know, the CDC writers who 
not have been bugging me the most, but have been in contact the most because they were very excited with what we had been telling and they were eager to get started. And so, so that includes, um, you know, the three that we're talking to right now, Sergeant Gunter, Sergeant Gray, and Sergeant Peterson. And then there's a handful of others that have their courses in production as well. But, you know, I had been promising them for a long time. I'm, I'm so glad they stuck it out. But to be honest, I was making promises. You know, they say hope is not a strategy, but I was still relying on a lot of hope. But thank goodness the Air Force came through and and we got Miss Fredman as our director who came with so much experience um, from her time, you know, in the in the industry, um, working with um, in, in schools, in in the um, working in Army education and training and then Customs and Border Protection. She brought so much um uh, of these processes and procedures that we had to adjust for Air Force, but she brought that experience with her. And then our staff of instructional system specialists, our education and training um, specialists that are military members. Um, and then we have some education technicians. We're, we're still not 100%. We're what? 70% manned, if not even that good yet. No, not that good. Maybe around 50, 60% manned. But anyway, I was making a lot of promises. I'm glad they stuck it through, but thank goodness we've got this great team on board that is that is not making me look like a liar because I didn't know how it was going to happen. I knew it could happen, but I was scared. But they have come through and they've far exceeded my my expectations. When I saw the first demo, I think it was of Saunter's, uh, Sergeant Gunter's course, and um, when uh, Mr. Rosencrantz showed us that first demo, I'm not embarrassed to say I teared up, <laughs> but I teared up when I saw that first demo of the online course that they're doing because because of this so important for our airmen and I'm really excited that we're finally being able to or we're finally getting um, getting ready to provide the career field managers um, what they deserve in times of in terms of revision um, agile updates and then our airmen the valuable training that they need that they can relate to so. I'm I'm so thrilled. I'm excited to be working with these CDC writers and the others, but and I'm incredibly proud of our staff and thankful to Ms. Fredman for for what she's brought to the table as well. Thanks, T. <laughs> Did that make you? Was that awkward? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You know, Friday um, last Friday, Chief Ben and I had the extreme honor and privilege uh, to brief uh, SimSAF Chief Bass. Um, at the enlisted force development panel, we got, we got an opportunity to share with her the good news of, of Asita's modernization. Um, and quite frankly, getting to that point happened very quickly. Um, and so it was a little surreal uh, to be there and it was great to get the thumbs up, you know, we're heading the right direction. Um, she was very instrumental in, in helping get um, Asita to the point that we're at, um, especially under second air force. Uh, and so that was great. As great as that is though, um, honestly, it's been an honor listening uh, to our CDC writers today and just hearing kind of firsthand. I know we don't always get to talk about it. And of course, when I, I ask you, but just hearing your experiences and that it's going as well as, as I had hoped and, and thought it was going is really just an honor. Um, we have three main stakeholders. First one is the airmen who take our course. We got to deliver for them. The second is the career field managers who are telling us what needs to be trained and what they need for their for their part of the force. Um, and the third is CDC writers. And Right now, I can only impact so many of those until we get these courses out, but to know that our CDC writers feel um, valued, respected, and heard members of our team. Um, we're just glad that you guys are part of the AFCETA family and anyone who's left us, we got plenty of room at the table, come on back. Well, I just wanna say thanks to all of you for uh, talking about this great modernization program that's really helping AETC transformed the way airmen learn. So uh, thanks to all of you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just a great conversation with the team from AFCDA as well as our CDC riders out in the field. And Lieutenant General Webb, he said it many times that airmen are our weapon system and our mission here in AETC is to develop them. And really modernization, a key component uh, of doing just that. And AETC transforming the way airmen learn continues and will continue to be a top priority for the command. So big thank you to Ms. Fredman, Chief By, Mass Sergeant Gray, Mass Sergeant Gunner, and Mass Sergeant Peterson for spending time with us today on the pod. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command and the AETC command team via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow AETC on LinkedIn as well, as well as the web on www.aetc.af.mil. Thanks for checking out the podcast as we dive into the world of recruiting, training, and education. For our entire AETC public affairs team, I'm Dan Hawkins. So long. We'll talk to you next time on The Air Force Starts Here.